Hi everyone, this is Florence Bremer. Welcome to another week of the Bonafide Legal Podcast. I am an attorney. I have lived in Phoenix since 1999. Before that, I lived in Chicago and was born and raised in the suburbs of Chicago. I'm a mother, a wife. I love movies. I'm a fan of a great deal. I'm a follower of many television shows, self-proclaimed fashionista, and overall in love with popular culture. Besides all this, I'm a lawyer. In the beginning of my practice and through today, I struggle to find balance between work and life. I don't have a magic answer to find balance in life and law and life outside the law, but over the years, I've developed tips for living my best life and enjoying work and time off. As a lawyer, it feels I'm never entirely off the clock. I never step away from thinking about my cases, but I do my best to enjoy my work and my time not working. Please join me on this journey in finding grace and contentment in the law. Bonafide Legal Podcast is a podcast to help attorneys and business owners with time management and lifestyle tips. This podcast will talk about email tips, and I also have a couple movie reviews and a streaming suggestion as well. The title of this podcast is called I Hate Email and Other Attorney Woes. I'm sorry to say it, but I hate email. Actually, I'm not sorry to say it. I hate writing email. I hate reading email. I hate thinking about email. And guess what? Email is a huge percentage of my day. Every communication I get is mostly by email. Phone a little bit, mostly email. I don't get um, any minute entries or docketing orders by mail anymore. This also used to be done by first class mail. In 10 years ago, about, um, you know, it's the, the minute entries and the docketing orders by mail. Um, it, it went up until about maybe five years ago. And everything is kind of slowly transitioned into everything being done by email. So for a while, you know, there's a couple of courts that it trickled into, and then more and more. And I can't think of any courts that do anything by mail anymore. The justice courts, I think still do. um, But I'm betting that goes to email very soon. Every time an opposing counsel wants to send you a correspondence, they send you an email. Clients send you email around the clock, including the middle of the night, holidays and weekends. I've spent the last few years extremely stressed regarding email. The only way to deal with this stress was to develop some processes. I took some time management classes and read many time management books and blogs. For me, many of these tips do not work. I believe that many of the tips will not work for most attorneys. So I'm going to talk about some of the most common tips and how I revise them to match an attorney workload or a small business owner workload or an executive workload. So one of the time management management tips from the pros is don't check mail emails when you first get to work and give preferred email and message time. Here's Florence's tip. You need to check your emails when you get to work and have a process for evaluating the emails. 
schedule it as if it's part of your day and keep on top of your emails during the day and unfortunately the weekends. But to the best extent possible, don't let it dominate your weekends. I have plenty of weekends where I'm with family and friends and I'm not going to be answering emails. I do my best to take one whole day off of work and from email. This weekend, it was Saturday. Um, Sunday, I ended up needing to spend a lot of time on email. I can't explain what's happening for the months of November and December. It might just be the time crunch before the end of the year where a lot of judges are just squeezing in hearings before the Christmas holiday. And I think at some point, it's get to, it's going to get to a point where all the judges are saturated and they can't get anything more in. Um, but until you get to that point, there's just a lot of juggling with the scheduling and the emails. So like I said, I try not to let it dominate my weekends. I failed epically this Sunday. Um, and I also let it ruin a family party. I had a lot to do this weekend. On Friday night, I went to a son's game with my sister-in-law and we went out to dinner and we went to Hallmark and got the um, Hallmark always. Here's a tip, a shopping tip. Hallmark around the holidays always has really great deals for all types of holiday things. Cards, ornaments, um, boxes of Christmas cards, wrapping paper, and before Black Friday hits, they will have a bag that you can buy, at least in Arizona, maybe it's everywhere, a bag that you can get if you spend $50, you get this bag and it has all sorts of Christmas stuff in it. And this year the bag had, it had an ornament, it had a really pretty card, it had a pair of fluffy socks, it had a little decoration, and it had like two or three other items. I think it had a little serving dish. It was this really, really nice package, which probably if you would have added it all together would have cost you $50 or $60 if you bought the stuff separately, but you got it free if you spent $50. It's really easy to spend $50 on things that you need at Hallmark. I love to get cards that are as personal as possible. And Hallmark has my favorite cards. So, um, you know, the cards are kind of expensive uh, in a way. Um, and they do have cards that are more discounted. So you don't have to spend 5 or $6 per card. But the ones that are more expensive are really beautiful and have these great sayings. I've bought my husband very romantic cards. I bought my parents very touching cards. And if you buy a, a couple of them, you know, personal ones that you need for Christmas, where one from a box just won't do, or you have some birthdays coming up, I always try to, um, I write down the birthdays that are coming up for uh, the next three or four months, and then buy all my cards in a block and then that way I have them so I don't have to run to the store. And then also if there is a special like that where you need to spend a certain amount of money, you can do it on the cards that you buy. So that was something else we did on Friday night on our way to the game. And then Saturday, um, I got to figure something out about Saturday because it's becoming this total running around day of errands and um, I needed to get my nails done, you know, which... Is, is actually kind of pleasurable because I can sit and um, they give me a pedicure and I can catch up on reading. But everything just felt very time crunched that day. I had to get to the library and 
uh, get to the grocery store and there was a parade in my town and everything just felt very rushed to me. And I just felt exhausted. I was exhausted from Friday. Um, and I have church on Saturday afternoons um, that I, I usually like to go to the Saturday uh, Saturday sermon. So then that way I can sleep in on Monday. Sorry, sleep in on Sunday. Uh, I know that there's a lot of blogs that you'll read that say don't um, sleep in on the weekend. And I don't crazily sleep in. You know, I'm not sleeping till one o'clock, but I don't set an alarm. And basically my body will wake me up usually no later than like nine or nine thirty on a really, really late sleeping Sunday. Usually I'll get up like seven thirty or eight. I prefer getting up earlier because I like to have that extra time. But lately my body has just been saying, you're worn out. I'm getting that feeling where my throat is sore all the time and I just feel exhausted in my joints. I know I'm getting a little bit off topic, but this kind of ties into email. So email can cause you stress. And if you can take some time off from it, do that. Um, Here is um, a thing about letting email pile up a little bit. You can take care of it sort of in one fell swoop where you can, for instance, I haven't checked my email since Friday at four o'clock. So I checked it Sunday at four o'clock. That's about 48 hours. Hopefully you would think on a weekend, your email is going to be quiet. Mine was not. I had a hundred emails, a lot of them that had to be, that had an action with it, something I had to take care of. I've noticed that with emails, because, um, you know, I'm not getting emails so much from other attorneys. Sometimes, you know, attorneys going on the weekends, they get some work done. There might be a couple emails from an attorney. Most of your emails are going to be from your clients. And I completely understand that because they're working during the week. And on the weekend, they're thinking about their civil case or their family law case. And they're getting your documents. And all of a sudden, you have 100 or 200 emails that have some sort of action that you need to do. So that's why I try to not check it so much on the weekend, because you do get just that shot of stress. Um, But if you check them in the morning when you get to work, you can get that laundry list going. If I'm having a relatively quiet weekend, I might go into the office to see what's going on or log into my office computer from home. I use gotomypc.com to be able to do a remote login. I've used it for years. I've researched it. It appears to be very secure. I find that there's no way to do a preferred email and message times. I've uh, heard voicemails, and I admire people who are able to figure this out, but their voicemail will say, um, you've reached my voicemail. I check messages uh, from 9 to 10 a.m. and from 4 to 5 p.m. And I will email you then. I will call you back then. Uh, It doesn't work for me. So I just try to do it in bulk. You have to build it into an attorney day. But it can't keep you away from your regular workload. Sometimes I'll just have the busiest email and phone day like you've ever seen. And 
I joke with my office staff. I'll say, well, it's, my career is an email answer. That's what I do. I answer emails. So a tip that I give is when you have a deadline or a project, you just need to shut down the email and just know that it'll be there later. You can do them in bulk. Um, I, th- I know I've mentioned this on prior shows. If I have a really busy day and I'm in court or I have a lot of emails, I'm sorry, if I have a lot of meetings and I'm not getting to my emails, I will take care of it at night. It's not desirable. Obviously, we need to be resting in the evening. But if you have that day where you're not caught up, what I do is I take my laptop home and just kind of clean it up and figure out what can I answer quickly? What can I make a note that has to be answered in more detail later? Also, on a more detailed email, you can say, hey, listen, I've been in court. I'm not ignoring you. Because oftentimes what I'll have is someone will send me an email and they don't get a response. And then an hour and a half later, they call my office and they say, I sent Florence an email. I haven't heard back. Um, so I just try to stay on top of it, even if it's just like, like I said, a five or six word email to say, I got it. I haven't forgotten about you, um, whether it's to an opposing counsel or to a um, client. Also with emails from an attorney perspective, what I noticed is a lot of the judge's assistants will email you and want a response on scheduling. It's kind of nice because rather than they just send out a minute entry that goes, here's your hearing date, and then you get it and you find you have a conflict and you have to do a motion to continue, a lot of judges' assistants will send an email to both parties and say, here's a list of dates for a hearing. What dates can you both do? And I think that makes the scheduling more efficient, but it also means you have to stay on top of your email where you can't just say, well, I'm going to look at my email just in the morning or just in the afternoon. You kind of have to have blocks of time to look at it. Another time management tip from the pro, from the pros is if it takes less than two minutes, do it immediately. My tip is if it takes five minutes or less, do it immediately. I know it probably seems like I'm splitting hairs, but in my vision, extending the two-minute rule captures dozens more emails. Also, there's no need to reply to everything. If you can just file or delete an email after reading it, you can cut down that action to less than one minute. If you send a reply, you're adding two to three minutes to deal with an email that maybe you did not need to send a response. I find that if you're sort of on the fence of whether you should send a response, I send the word thanks or sounds good. And it just it's just a, w- a quick way to say, acknowledge I got your email, we're on the same page, everything is great, and um, it just works out really well. All right, so another time management tip from the pros is make folders for pending, awaiting action, etc. My tip is keep everything pending in your inbox and write out an action list for anything that takes more than five or ten minutes. So again, if you go back to my last tip of getting rid of anything that takes less than five minutes, you've already cleaned out your inbox right away. Um, 
The reason why I don't like those separate folders is I think it's sort of out of sight, out of mind. I do not have an inbox that is 20,000 emails. That's not what I'm saying. You forever have to be getting rid of emails. So, I, for instance, I file most of my emails by clients. So if it's an email that's done, I get rid of it. If it's an email that still has an action required with it, I leave it in my inbox. My inbox is not empty. I mean, there's always probably 200 emails in there. And I do, I'm forever going and cleaning them out. And that's one thing I'll do, kind of like as a, a watching TV, um, going through my emails. Because it's not like an email where I'm like writing a letter and I, I need to research a case. And, you know, that's not the type of emails I'm doing while I'm watching TV. It's quick responses. It's filing stuff in folders and also cleaning out older emails that no longer have an action tied to them. Another tip I have is have separate email addresses for business and personal. Be heavy handed to file away emails and delete ones that you don't need again. For a long time, I would file away emails that um, weren't important. You know, it might be an email where a client is uh, going to come in on Tuesday at 10 o'clock and we're going to talk about something. Why would I need to save that as an email? Once that is over, once I've put it on my calendar, delete it. Why do I need to have it in a folder for the rest of eternity to remember that the client was going to come in at 10 o'clock on Tuesday? It's already on my calendar. The client has already come in. It's done. So be heavy handed about that. Go through your inbox three to five times per week to clean out resolved emails. That's part of the tip I gave before about as I'm watching TV, just kind of cleaning out my emails. Sometimes I'm for the for the longest time, I thought I was amazing at uh, multitasking. I'm like, oh, I can answer emails and I can return a telephone call. No. Um, it was making it way too difficult to listen to my telephone call and try to respond to an entirely different email. But sometimes what I'll do is when I'm returning the calls, because sometimes you're on hold, you know, for a little bit or um, the phone is ringing, I'll scan through my emails just for the purpose of cleaning up the inbox. After years of typing emails with a phone wedged between my ear and shoulder, and also countless visits to the chiropractor and massage therapist, I have decided that I'm not a fan of multitasking. Even though answering emails and phone calls at the same time is tempting, it's not productive. Have you ever talked to someone and you can definitely tell they're answering emails? Um, you start talking to them, you're going along with the conversation, and then they just start to fade out a little bit at the end. It happens to me with attorneys all the time, and I'm like, they're answering emails. I don't fault them. I, I've done it myself, and I know how tricky it is, but... Oftentimes, if I'm on a phone call that I really need to listen to, I just shut down my email so I don't have that temptation to start scrolling through it. A time management tip from the pros is strive for a zero inbox. Florence's tip, 
a zero inbox is never going to happen. Instead, strive for a manageable inbox and a maintained inbox. Another time management tip from the pros is prioritize your activities and your to-do list. Here's my tip. Be super specific about prioritizing your to-do list and emails. There's priority categories. So important and urgent, you have to do first. That rarely includes emails. The emails, like I said, they'll be there later. You can get through them at the end of the day or in the morning when you're having coffee and figure out what you need to prioritize. There's other categories that you can put in as important and non-urgent. So that's some emails, but also things that are for you. Exercise, lunch, vacations, family and friend events. Then you can have a category of non-important, urgent. That's some emails, but generally the urgency is on the sender side. Like I've said, I've, I've told the story of someone who sends me an email and they don't get an instant response. And maybe I've spoiled people a little bit because, like I said, it's just in my nature to be very responsive. I like um, people to, I like my clients to realize how important they are to me. I want them to feel cared for. Um, and so I am very responsive. And maybe it spoils people a little bit. But often, the urgency is generally on the on the center side. As an attorney, um, a lot of urgency that I get is from opposing counsel, which really cracks me up, because I might send them a letter. And the letter will say, hey, here's our issue, one, two, three, you know, please get back to me. And maybe I put a deadline in and I'm not I'm not a person who goes and get back to me tomorrow. If it's something that urgent, I will call someone and then maybe follow up with a letter, but I don't send you a letter and and demand an instant response. But I might send this letter, I get a response back, you know, it takes a week, it takes 10 days, and then you get a letter back and it says, and I demand a response in 24 hours. It's sort of like, are you kidding? You had 10 days and um, then you send me a letter and you want a response in a day, I call attorneys out on it all the time where I say, this is the date I sent you a letter. This is the date you responded. This is when you requested a response back from me. That's not reasonable. You know it's not reasonable. And then the last category being non-important, non-urgent, and that's just a lot of emails. It's most emails. So just take your take your emails, take your to-do list, and you put them into those four categories, and it will really help you prioritize both your emails and your to-do list. Another time, manage, time management tip from the pros is have your work email account on your phone. Florence's tip, no, 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 never. Never put your work email account on your phone. 24 hours a day you will be hit with emails. It is disingenuous to say you will not look at the emails or let them bother you. When you have them on your phone, you'll see an icon and you'll see the number of unanswered emails. Plus, it is not super easy to answer emails on a phone. I don't like it. Um, I have my personal email and on my phone and it's mostly 
like shopping or the library, things like that. So things where I rarely have to answer, but sometimes there is something I have to answer. I don't like to do it. If it's something where I need to write a paragraph, doing it on a phone is not convenient for me. Typing on a keyboard is much more convenient, much more comfortable. You can see it better. My eyes are getting old. I can't take it anymore. I don't want to do it. So if my work email was on my phone, it would be a major bummer for me and make me way more stressed and way less productive. I know that about myself. Also, having your emails on your work emails on your phone. I don't know if you ever get responses from people where you can tell it's from their phone. And it's very off the cuff and maybe not very professional. Um, or maybe not even the response that they want to send you. And then later they send you the response they really wanted to send you. Like, why have that as a waste of time? A lot of emails, sometimes I need to think about it. You know, you get an email and someone has a question or someone is accusing, you know, your client of something and you just want to shoot something snarky back. But if you, you need to sit down and think about it before jotting off a response. So I can log into my computer at work on my um, on my phone and check emails, and I'll do that while I am traveling. However, I don't make it an everyday occasion. I'm at my office 40 to 50 hours a week, and I don't need to cart around my emails with me on evenings and weekends on my phone, and neither do you. Besides tweaking, email tips from pros, I try to maintain my own tips on email. The biggest one has to do with whether being out of the office, whether for it's a day or a few weeks. Whether I'm on vacation or out at a conference, I try to check in with email at least once a day. Especially on vacation, I don't I don't want to ruin my vacation looking at email. I'll try to check in either the morning or the afternoon And I have a few goals about emails while I'm traveling. I try to delete what I can and answer any short emails. Then if the email looks like it needs more attention, I let the client or opposing counsel know that I will get back to them in detail when I'm back in the office. I also try to respond with one or two helpful sentences. Then the day after I get back, I try to schedule a few hours just to respond to email. I um, I try to not schedule something the day I get back from vacation. So if I get back on a Tuesday, try to not schedule stuff on that Wednesday. Sometimes you can do it, sometimes you can't. But to the greatest extent possible, I try to not to schedule stuff, especially in the morning, like the morning when you get back, if you can keep that free, it can really help you with your sanity. The The catching up on your email after vacation works especially well if you can have the day that you come back be on a weekend. So I what I like to do is, you know, if you come in, um, your final vacation day is a Friday. And so you have Saturday and Sunday, and you're going to be back in the office on Monday, Saturday or Sunday, you can get caught up when the phones are not ringing and um, people are not drafting or responding to emails. Although, like I said, uh, lately, it seems to be 
a big phenomenon for me that I'm getting a ton of emails during the weekend. So that is my tips on emails. And I hope that um, you have a better relationship with email than I do. Lately, I have not been. But it, like I said, it is a necessary evil. And sometimes I love it because you can send somebody a quick response and and it's all good and you get it taken care of. But um, often it's a lot of work and you just have to make sure that you have your own methods for keeping up with it. So thank you very much on uh, listening on the um, email segment of the show. The last segment of the show, I'm going to give a couple referrals for some things that are fun. So like I said, I've been working a ton and it's been a bummer. I'm exhausted. I'm worn out. But even when I do this, I try to make sure that I have something relaxing, something that just takes me away from it all. And sometimes it's watching movies or going to the movies. I like to um, rent movies from iTunes because then I have it on my phone and I can sit on my phone and watch it or it's on my laptop because all my products are Apple. I can kind of pull it up wherever and it's nice. So I can catch up on a movie maybe I ended up not seeing at the movies. So what I, and you have a month to watch it um, and because I hate paying for something that I don't get, I usually make sure that I watch it. And then once you start watching it, you have 48 hours to watch it. It used to be 24 hours, but iTunes extended it to 48. Also, you can um, often find movies for 99 cents that they'll rent. And I like to do that if it's if it's possible. But usually if it's a newer release, it's more expensive. It's about $5. But she's still cheaper than going to the movies. So I watched the documentary Whitney about Whitney Houston. I think because her life was so tragic and how she died and how at times she just appeared to be a bit of a mess and have problems with addiction, that people forget what a great talent she was and her beauty. Oh my, her beauty. Watching this documentary just broke my heart. She, um, when she was so young, when they showed her like really, really young, when she first um, started performing and got her first record deal, she just looked like the youngest, most innocent, beautiful girl you've ever seen. And um, in all her videos, she just looked stunning, just unbelievable. And it was fascinating. It was just a fascinating documentary. And there was a lot of home movies of her and her family, including parents and when she was married to Bobby Brown, and her daughter, daughter, Bobby Christina. I highly recommend it. It just reminds you what a great talent she was and, and how tragic it became. Uh, then on uh, this weekend, I, I went out a little bit. So like I said, Friday, I went to the Suns game and dinner. And then Saturday night, my sister-in-law said, hey, you want to go to a movie? And I really, really wanted to go to a movie. But I was also really, really tired. And I remember thinking, I could just go to bed or should I go to the movies? And finally, I thought, you know, I'm not going to be a 
a bummer on Saturday night. Like, I'm going to go to a movie. So her and I went and saw Bohemian Rhapsody about Freddie Mercury and Queen. And what a great movie. The actor who plays um, Freddie Mercury, Remy Malik, going by memory, um, I'm not sure if I'm saying his name right, was a marvel. He doesn't physically resemble Freddie Mercury, but you completely forget about that with how he moves and talks. And I just left thinking, Freddie Mercury seemed like a lovely person. Um, he, he just was very lonely, and he was also closeted. Um, and I think that was very hard on him because of the political climate at the time where you just couldn't come out as a gay person, um, where you might lose your career, or people might look down on you. Um, but he just seemed like a lovely person. I thought I would love to hang out with him. He just seemed so nice. He loved his bandmates and he had this woman that he loved that was called the love of his life and he wrote a song about her and and just had these relationships but also was very lonely. I recommend it. Throughout the movie they play Queen songs, whether it's in the performances or whether it's just kind of background. And I just kept thinking, I forgot how much I love Queen. I, just, I felt like a little bit like sort of dancing in my seat a little bit and just left kind of skipping. It was just nice to be at a movie that was filled with music, even though, you know, you know what the ending is. He, he dies. Um, but it was a more, the movie was more of a celebration of his life. And it wasn't, um, oh, I don't know what the word I'm trying to find. Like, it wasn't trying to show him in a negative light just to be salacious. It wasn't a salacious movie. Uh, like I said, you just left feeling he was a lovely person and, and a great talent. Okay, so those are movies um, that I highly recommend. One of the movies and one you can stream. On Netflix, I cannot highly enough recommend the show The Haunting of Hill House. I'm seven episodes in. One of my daughters is watching it. I'm trying to get everyone I know to watch it. I can't say enough about the show. It is scary in a way that so many movies that try to be scary don't accomplish. Not just cheap jump scares, but psychological scares. Um... It also is a family drama. I haven't watched much of This Is Us, but I know people who watch it, and I have um, kind of kept up with it through Entertainment Weekly, reading Entertainment Weekly. And in a way, I thought this is a horror, This Is Us. Because the family, you are in so deep to what's going on with them, and you really get to know them because it's a series. It also flashes back and forth to when, so there's a mom and a dad and they have five kids. So when the kids are little and they're at Hill House and then they're adults and what has happened to them since Hill House. And it's so good. The, the way that they go back and forth is amazing. It's seamless. It's beautifully filmed. Um, 
it I can't, I can't say enough about it. Please watch it. Please, please watch it. <laughs> All right. I'm going to have um, a, another thing that I would like to put out there um, for the listeners. So how I do the show is generally I record on Friday, Saturday, Sunday when I have time. So right now it's Saturday night um, when I get off um, the broadcast. I'm probably going to watch The Walking Dead. It's Rick Grimes' last episode. I want to see what they do with them. And I want to watch some more Haunting of Hill House and go to bed, get up early on Monday morning, start all over. Rinse, repeat. Uh, But, which has kept me, one of the things that I, I always kind of envisioned with the show and haven't been able to do is having guests and because I don't have a set time of doing it and because my studio is in my house I haven't had guests but I would like to hear from other people so I invite any listeners to send me anything you'd like me to talk about if you have a story you would want me to tell or maybe a scenario regarding time management and you'd like to have my input on it I would love to hear it There's multiple ways you can reach me. As you know, we're now on iTunes, our second week in a row. Yay, iTunes. You can also listen to me on the SoundCloud platform. You can reach me on Facebook through my personal page, which is just under my name. You can email me at florence at brummerlaw.com. You can contact me on my website. There's a contact me page at brummerlaw.com. You can send me a message on Instagram, Florence Legally Burnett. That's the same for Tumblr. You can also uh, send me a tweet at Florence Law. Uh, I think that's every way you can reach me. It's kind of a, it doesn't seem like a lot, but I guess it's a lot. So reach out if you like. Uh, send me your stories, send me your questions, and we can talk about it on the upcoming episodes. Thank you and God bless.